Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. Today we reach kind of another important thing as we are reading through the Bible chronologically. And again, we're dividing that between the Old and New Testaments, reading through both of them chronologically. And so basically, we're spending the first half of the year in the New Testament reading through the life of Christ. And today we come to what probably all of you are somewhat familiar with, a very prominent feature of the public ministry of Jesus Christ, and that is parables. Uh, where we're going to see him speak in parables for the first time, and we're going to get a little explanation from him. Now, you're probably familiar with what a parable is, right? It's a story that Jesus tells that clearly has a spiritual meaning. While the story itself might not have anything spiritual about it, it might be using very everyday things. In this case, we'll see the parable of the sower, a very common picture in the minds of people in the ancient world. And he tells a story about that, but that story has a spiritual meaning. Now, I, as I teach the word of God, I tell stories sometimes. And lots of times we talk about that as a sermon illustration. And we think, oh, it's just like parables. Well, not quite. And let's actually start with what Jesus says about parables. Let's look at that in Matthew 13. Our, our passages in the New Testament today are Matthew 13, 1 through 23, Matthew or Mark 4, 1 through 25, and Luke 8, 4 through 18. And in Matthew 13, starting in verse 10, the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it has not been given for to the one who has more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them." But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So there he gives a little bit of the rationale for why he speaks in parables. And admittedly, even this passage is a bit hard to understand. And there's debate about what is the meaning and what is the purpose here. But let me give us a few helpful things that I think will help us as we look at the first parable that Jesus gives today, but also as we consider future parables, because it is not merely to help give people a picture and understand. That's kind of how I think of sermon illustrations. I'm trying to illustrate the truth of God's word in a way that people will be able to connect with. Parables, he's saying, well, part of the reason I'm telling parables isn't just to help people understand, but to conceal from people. Now, that's very mysterious to us. We're saying, well, why Why would he do that? And that, I think, 
that you get into the fulfillment of prophecy and that some people's hearts were hard and they were blind to the spiritual realities. And I think Jesus is saying is, as I tell these parables, that there's going to be a reaction. Those that have had their eyes opened, they're going to want to press in and learn and see what the truth is behind the parable. While those that have their hearts hardened, those that aren't believers in Jesus Christ, they're just going to be like, huh? What? Whatever. And move on their way. And I even think there might be a component of mercy to that for, for Jesus is that they're not now held accountable for all this truth that they just again heard. So he is seeking to give more information really to his followers through parables. And if you are listening to this podcast, I hope that includes you as one of the followers of Jesus Christ. So that's where we can actually approach the parables with a certain amount of confidence. God has opened our eyes and he is giving something to us. To us Through these parables, we can have an abundance as we understand what God is teaching. And that's where I think To some extent, the explanation here can be simple. Jesus tells a story of a sower, people that aren't interested, people that are blind, people that have hard hearts, they're going to say, whatever. But his people are going to say, okay, can you help us understand what that means, right? We are going to seek the truth in all of this. But also, we need to be careful because some have delved so deep into the parables and they want to find hidden meaning in every phrase. And I don't think that's what Jesus is meaning either. Usually these stories have kind of one main point or or at least just a couple clear pictures. The parable of the sowers, he makes a few points when he looks at each kind of soil, but some really get into very allegorical uh, interpretations where every detail of the parable must have some meaning. And I don't think that's the best way to understand parables. Usually the meanings are pretty clear. And sometimes Jesus, like with the parable of the sower, straight up tells us what it means. And so I don't think we need to go looking for more than what he says, but we can lean on what he says. Now, let's think about this first parable that we have recorded, the parable of the sower, and we consider the four soils that the seed is thrown on. There is, uh, just as we look at that, um, there is the path, there is the rocky ground, uh, there is the thorny uh, soil, and then there is the good soil. And Jesus explains each of these, the path, that is those who hear the word, but the evil one comes and snatches it away so they don't really understand it. I mean, really, these are the blind, those with the hard hearts that they don't even really want to engage with the word at any depth. Then there's the rocky ground. They hear it and say, wow, this is amazing. And they receive it with joy. But when there's any trial or persecution, it withers away and dies because it has no root. Then there is the, the thorny soil, uh, which he describes as the one who hears the world. But uh, this is very interesting how it's phrased. The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. And then there's the good soil, which goes on and bears fruit, some a hundred, some 60 and some 30 fold, but it does bear fruit. So a couple of lessons I think we can learn. I think we can learn some from the specific soils, um, but in general, I think we can see from this something that is corroborated elsewhere in scripture. Not every kind of profession of faith really is genuine and will bear fruit and, and be a living faith in the end. Here we see 
the rocky soil that is not ready for persecution. Here we see the thorny soil, who it's the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. So as we live and we watch our own hearts, and even as we do ministry, we need to be aware of these things and be aware of these dangers in these wrong responses to the good news of God's word. And I think one thing we should do is pray, pray for your church, pray for your ministry, that it would lead to lasting fruit, that the seed of the gospel would find good soil. I think that is something we can pray for based off of this first parable. But there'll be a lot more parables to come, and hopefully we will see some amazing things that Jesus is teaching us through these things, that we would understand them, and that even we will start with the parable of the sower by seeking to share the gospel and praying for that good soil. As we go back to the Old Testament now, we look at Exodus 13. Or 11 through 13 today. And here we really read about the Exodus itself as they go out from Egypt. We read about the Passover and the final plague of the death of the firstborn and the people actually leaving Egypt. Now, there's a couple things that we can think through here. Obviously, we make some clear connections between these pictures of the Passover and the realities of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, even connecting that Jesus is eventually crucified at Passover. And just even the picture of the angel passing over the homes of the people with the blood, just how obvious of a connection that is towards believers that as the blood of Christ is applied to us, really the wrath of God, that this destroying judgment passes over those that are viewed through the lens now of the blood of Jesus Christ. So those are some clear things that we can rejoice in from our reading today, but also we really should consider just, let's not just think about kind of the New Testament realities that these picture, but let's go back even to the Old Testament realities and what they were feeling in the moment. And even just connect that this becomes an annual feast and God wants them to remember what he has done. And even the details of the food that they ate and even how it was prepared and how they ate it was meant to reflect and help them to remember what God had done for them. And that's where we need to realize this is written for us too. Uh, We don't just think about Jesus on the cross and what he has done for us. Obviously, that is kind of the apex of all that God has done for us through the ministry of Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean we forget about God bringing the people out of Egypt. That's meant to be something that encourages us as well. God wanted these things to be remembered. So I hope we remember those things. And also another interesting parallel to our times, you think of the Passover, think of the Lord's Supper and how God still loves these very tactile reminders that what we eat and drink as we celebrate communion as a church is meant to remind us of Jesus Christ, just as the Jews were meant to be reminded of the Passover and all that God has done. So as you read this, may you be encouraged of just the great things God has done, that he kept his promises. He brought his people out of Egypt, just like he said he would. And even it's interesting how it mentions Joseph's bones being brought up with the people, right? God kept his promises. And so you can be confident God will keep his promises to you. But also we can rejoice in the realities that we see later in scripture that are also um, just 
prefigured in all these things of the Passover, and we can rejoice in that too. So I hope that builds our faith, and I hope as we continue to look at the parables, we see more things that really give us an abundance of understanding and love for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.